0: Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And the primary focus of today is going to be a look back at the 2009 ASU football season, which was uh, not not the banner year that Dennis Erickson was expecting. <laughs> no,
1: and, and if anybody out there is listening to this and they didn't listen to us in October. We're not just choosing randomly to look back at 2009. It's far from the year you choose to look back at. We're picking up where we left off. Mid-October, we uh, we've, we left off at the 2008 season, uh, uh, an idea that was born out of not having a fall season. Thankfully, we ended up having a fall season, albeit a weird one. And so we, we put this on pause and now football's over. And so, hey, let's, uh, let's return to it and see where we're at, and, you know, get through the rest of the years before 2021, I think is the plan. Uh,
0: before we dig into that, though, there's some some other, cur- more current sports news to deal with. Um, first, you know, the Tiger Woods one-car accident. He had just, you know, been trying to work his way back from, I think I saw his fifth back surgery. Fifth. Yeah. A- yeah. And now this, which included compound fractures and sounded very bad. Not great, uh, yeah. You yeah. know, I think we are at least a year or more now away from seeing Tiger again. Uh, playing golf,
1: I think yeah. you're right. And, and uh, I mean, you know, uh, so it's no secret that, you know, I mean, he is my favorite athlete. I There's other athletes I really love, Peyton Manning, Tim, Tim Duncan, Duncan, LeBron, etc. But uh, Tiger will always be number one to me. And yet, I got to tell you, my my thought, and it was my thought before this accident when I heard about the last back surgery and he struggled through last year, like, I would be fully at peace as a fan of his if he was done playing competitive golf. He he climbed the mountain again.
0: I so don't know if he climbed the
1: mountain the last time, you know, like, if he'd never played. But, but that's exactly it. He came back from, you know, not playing basically for two years spinal fusion surgery which is you know thought to be potentially career ending and not only did he come back and play but he won the masters and he won a couple other tournaments as well and he you know he got to the top 10 in the world and and you know played on the president's cup and Ryder cup teams i mean he proved he could get back and be elite again and what more is there to prove man i mean you know if if your only goal is or people's only goal is, you know, can he get to eighteen majors? That's not going to happen. And I and I think it's I think we just need to be accepting of that. Like he's he's now going to win three more majors after forty six, which would probably be looking at now. He'll turn forty six this December. Doubtful he's going to play in any of the majors this year. Um, and so that's it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. And that's okay. Uh, you know, fifteen is pretty darn good. There's only one guy in the history of the game who's won more than fifteen. So, you know, he's one of the best ever. He proved he could get back to the top. What are we doing? You know, like enjoy your life, enjoy your kids, your family, Uh, you know, maybe play occasionally here and there, but to try to be full-time golfer again, I I would be more than at peace if he said he wasn't going to do that.
0: Well, I think you'll see if, if he wants, what you'll see is, more the father son proams and yeah. and uh, but, uh, you know you the know, mickelson and, and him and two other famous people
1: sure sure and and you know what look he's got he's got exemptions into the masters for as long as he wants that being a former champ he's got exemptions into the british open until he's 60 because he's a former champ, PGA, lifetime, quote-unquote. I mean, you know, they, they tend to sort of push you out the door once you become non-competitive. But, you know, if you wanted to still – I mean, Byron Nelson, going way back, Byron Nelson retired from full-time competitive golf at, like, 32. He still played the Masters every year, didn't win it, but, you know, had some respectable finishes, played. You know, if he wants to do that, I mean, why not? You know, anytime he wants to show up. But, but try well, to always you know, have 12. Say that again.
0: they'll always have him because, exactly. he, you know, he's a draw.
1: He's he's a needle mover. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, so, I mean, if he wants to, you know, play occasionally, I mean, I, I had thought, you know, golf always gets compared to tennis, maybe uh, not, it's not, they're not the same sport, but they get compared with the four majors and all that. And, you know, the last few years, I'm not a big tennis guy, but I've, you know, you pay attention a little bit. Federer has basically stopped playing the French open. And I've even kind of thought, like, maybe Tiger gets to the point where, you know, like, does the U.S. Open really fit him anymore? It's a it's a bomb and gouge event. And he's he doesn't have that in him anymore. Does the British Open? I mean, the the style of play might. But the travel, Mm -hmm. eight hour flights on a a bad back, is that really good for you? I'm not sure. You know, like, maybe just play the Masters. He's he's he you know, he loves Augusta. Augusta loves him. You know, he could I mean, he has proven it in 2015. He showed up with the game in tatters, and he finished tied for 17th at the Masters. So he can he can play well at Augusta with nothing. 2010, he hadn't played in six months after the whole you know adultery scandal, and he finished tied for fourth. So I mean, you know, he can he can roll out of bed and compete at the Masters. And if he wants to do that, and and you're right, you know, the father son stuff, and maybe his own tournament there in L.A., maybe his tournament in the Bahamas. If he can do that kind of stuff, you know, why not? But like. I think it would be okay to just, you know, take a step back, become a quote unquote ceremonial golfer and, you know, enjoy life. man. what, what, again, what more is there to accomplish?
0: Yeah. He, he is one of those guys where he owes no more to the fans. Absolutely
1: not. You know, I mean, and his body's just in tatters. It really is. I mean, before the car accident. I mean, five back surgeries, five, you know, knee surgeries over the years going back to when he was at Stanford uh, you know, a torn Achilles, uh, you know, I mean, it's just, it's been, it's been a physical misadventure for him. Um, you know, some of that's his own doing, with the way he trained and the way, you know, he, he probably overdid it with the running miles and lifting and
0: all of that. Um, well, but, and also you know, he, he for a long time, if I remember right, and you would know, but he refused to adjust his swing to accommodate the like injuries that were developing and, and yeah. did that exacerbate some of the, the initial back well, stuff? And, and, the,
1: and probably honestly, the coming back from injuries too soon, which he's been, you know, he's acknowledged that he did, um, you know, that 2008 U S open, which is a touchstone of his career winning the U S open with a, with a broken bone in your leg and a torn ACL. Uh, should he should have played. no, I mean, you know, the the long term prudent decision would be, you don't play. You you get the surgery, you heal up, and you come back next year. But that, you know, yet the legend of Tiger Woods isn't the same without that tournament. So it's it's kind of like, you know, was there a little bit of a, you know, selling your soul to the devil type of thing? You know, or, I I mean, I don't, th- you know, I'm not saying that literally happened, but it was kind of like, hey, if you give me this, I don't care what else happens. Uh, well, he got that. He went out and won the U.S. Open with one good leg, which is pretty amazing, um, and, you know, yeah, I mean, like, he he did change his swing, but, you know, he, he always swung violently, you know, from the time he was a young, young player, um, you know, he, he always had a, a, a violent, vicious swing. He was not a, you know, Ernie Els, you know, look like he's just, you know, free-flowing out there, and, but that's what worked for him. That's how he knew the game. It's how he played the game, and. You know it's hard to change that. You know, at thirty or thirty-five or whatever, you know you kind of are what you are by that point.
0: Uh, to pivot from the free-flowing Ernie Els to the free-flowing <laughs> Sun Devil offense, yeah. Uh, ASU basketball, ninety-seven yeah, <laughs> sixty-four over the five and eighteen Washington Huskies. Power ASU. ASU doing it with only seven scholarship players and only one scholarship big man, although Olmstead probably is going to work his way into getting a scholarship from the Probably,
1: probably, yeah. yeah. Side note about Olmstead, you know, don't know if you, I think it was the UCLA game that was on TV last weekend. They put up a stat about, you know, number of games missed by players. And they put Olmstead in there. And I'm like, well, can we really count the games he didn't play? He wasn't even a rotation guy until all these other guys started
0: missing games. When he was (laughs) DNPCD. Yeah, that (laughs) felt like,
1: you know what that felt like? Uh, PR, media relations, stat manipulation. And I know that because I did some of it with ASU and the Cardinals. When you're having a bad year, you manipulate the numbers as much as possible to say, this is why. And that's what that felt like. Like, look at all the games we've had missed. The numbers speak to themselves without Olmstead. You don't need
0: to manipulate it, but that's what it felt like. Olmstead, by the way, had played a total of four minutes across two games prior to yeah. February 11th. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so saying he missed, you know, 11 games, which I think is what it said, he didn't miss 11 games. He just didn't play because we had other bigs and he's a walk-on. Now, he's played okay and good for him, you know, and if he does get a scholarship, that's awesome. Um, but, you know, yeah, that was a little – Again, just a side note—a little bit of a stretch when it comes to stats and all that. But uh, you know, look, it was—it was a good win. We needed a win. uh, We—we had another, you know, frustrating couple of games against the LA schools. But I mean, those four games against USC and UCLA this year, we've played well in all four, and we walked away zero and four. You know, just it's tough. I mean, if if we had the full complement, you feel like we could have won all four of those games. But that's you know, that's the way it is this year.
0: Yeah, I wanted to talk about the the thing to me that stuck out, and obviously it was a career game for him, 22 and 12, but yeah. Kamani Lawrence, you know, back when he was a freshman and he hurt himself in the dunk contest before the 17-18 right. season, right. this is what I was expecting we were going to see I know. regularly. And I'll tell you what, you know, like – as you're saying this, I'm thinking, boy, it would sure be nice if he took advantage of that extra year of eligibility that everybody gets for this year.
1: Yeah, I don't know if he will, you know, because he reminds me, what he's doing right now reminds me of, like, what Obino lecca did. And remember when we kept saying, like, God, I wish we had him one more year. Well, back then when you were a senior, you were a senior. But this year, a senior is only a senior with an asterisk. So
0: mm-hmm. it's like, boy, if he
1: can come back another year, I don't know what else we're going to have back. Uh, I mean, it's, it's you know the the
0: roster is very complete, but sure wouldn't hurt to have him back. Yeah, uh, well, you know, you look at his game log, you know, of late he had right. twelve boards in the Oregon game. He had he went for twelve and six against USC, eighteen and nine against UCLA, and then twenty two yeah. and twelve. Very yeah. solid.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's, it, he's finally, as you said, this was this was the player that we heard about in the, you know, fall practice before his freshman year and then he got hurt and that year ended up being kind of a lost season for him and then it's just been, it's been fits and starts with him, it seems like, just like, you know, little stretches like this that, you know, we've seen maybe a game or two and it's like, wow, okay, and then he disappears, um, you know, but, but, uh, hey, I mean, I guess better, better late than never and Maybe he does come back. I don't think he's got a pro future. So now, the the course, of the caveat, of course, is is uh, you know he could transfer and play somewhere else, like Romello White did. You know, you, you, to to take advantage of that extra year doesn't mean you have to stay at the school you're at. So who knows? Um, but he's he stuck it out this long, so you think like, like, well, maybe he'll come back another year. It hurt.
0: Yeah. Oh, overall, this is one of those efforts where you'll look back at the season totals and you'll immediately catch this as an aberration for the year. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, we, we beat them by 33. That,
1: yeah. That
0: yeah. probably yeah. shouldn't mean, look, happen.
1: Washington is really bad. And, I mean, you said they're 5-18. I think they're, what, 2-13 and 13 in conference or something like that. Um, they have completely fallen. I don't know what's... What, I mean, I don't follow them that close, but for a program that... I mean, two years ago, the last full season, didn't they win the conference? Maybe it was three years ago. I mean, they were were one of the elite teams in the conference, and they are certainly not now. It's been a rough go.
0: Yeah, these aren't Romar's Huskies anymore.
1: No, or even even early Mike Hopkins. I mean, he, they had a couple really good teams when he took over. And I don't know if it's just, I mean, you know, look, it's, it's a lean year. Things are weird. I, I'm Again, I don't follow them. So I'm not, like, saying he stinks as a coach or anything. I mean, it might just be one of those fluky years. But, um, yeah, I mean, beating them big is not a sign of, you know, oh, we've turned the corner. But it's a sign again. Um, we talked about this last week. It's a sign that at the very least we haven't we haven't you know checked out on the season. Um, you know again, competitive efforts against USC and UCLA. Mo- I mean, more than competitive against UCLA, we led literally until the last second. <laughs> they yeah. didn't take their first lead until there was one second to go. We uh, should have won, you know. And then you do that, and it's like, well, at least at least they're still playing hard, and it gives you just that very faint, very faint hope that maybe they can pull off a hot run, in, you know, in the conference tournament in a couple of weeks.
0: Yeah. Well, tonight I just saw Doug Haller tweeted. I saw. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> no Christopher, Bagley, Cherry, House, or Pablo Zuba. Uh, but Jalen Graham is back, so we're going to have a second scholarship big man, I guess. I saw.
1: I saw. Graham being back is good. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, you know, who knows? I mean, I, I saw Haller brought up the thought that we both discussed about Christopher that have we seen the last of him at ASU. And I, I think, you know, it's starting to feel that way and it might be the same for Bagley. Um, you know, this year's going to be one of those, I mean, after Tuesday night and seeing that result and I, you know, like, we need some time to let this season digest. We really do because it's just such a weird year. It's very disappointing in the moment. Um, but, like, honestly, I want to see what next year brings.
0: And we're going to find out what next year brings when Matt picks back up his phone because the call dropped on him. But it it's interesting, as we are flailing wildly uh, to get this podcast back on, on track, to think about what Bobby Hurley's team is going to look like, um, you know, because we could lose Christopher, we could lose Bagley. Um, Matt's back. He doesn't know any of what I just said during that little rant as as I got the call fail notice. But Matt, please continue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was, I was completely cut out there. Uh, I was just saying, I think it's going to be interesting. Like you said, we don't really know who's coming back. You could be losing Lawrence. You could be losing, you know, presumably Christopher, Bagley. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Martin, Martin Verge are all gone. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, it, you know, I think we talked about it a few weeks ago like it, it's it's
1: going to be a off season to hit up the old transfer portal big time. Um it, you know, because you're losing a ton and uh, yeah, it's uh, who knows what next year brings, but that I, I don't know how much you heard of what I said like I you know I don't it's tough to evaluate this year. I want to see what next year brings. Even though we're going to lose a lot, but like this, this year is just so weird and so star-crossed that it just feels like I, I, need, I, need, I need to get away from it for a bit to really be, decide how I feel about it.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, one year that we have gotten far away from and can discuss with great hindsight and insight is the 2009 ASU football season. Right. To give you the particulars, under third-year coach Dennis Erickson, the Devils finished 4-8, and 2-7 and seven in conference, and uh, there were some some early optimism followed by some significant, significant pessimism. Yeah, yeah. On. I mean, you know, I guess the, the upside of, of discussing
1: this year, and, and I think we talked about this as we started this project a few months ago, like, we've never really had a... God awful, horrible season. This is the worst record we've had in, in the you know seventeen years that we've been ASU fans. Um, and, and, and you know some some schools you have your one and eleven, your zero and twelve, and you know we haven't had that. We also haven't had the twelve and zero or the eleven and one. Um, but you know this is the worst. Um, yeah, we started two and zero, although those two wins were Idaho State, Louisiana, Monroe, and. But then we went went. to
0: Georgia and were competitive, and
1: we we, we probably should have won that game. I mean, we had a we had a a, you know, or at least certainly could have. I mean, if I remember right, Abi Wenzig, who was filling in for the injured Thomas Weber, missed a field goal late to tie the game, or maybe give us the lead.
0: Well, we we were up at the end of three. We were up. I mean, again,
1: it was you know definitely a
0: competitive game. It was seventeen fourteen ASU at the end of three. Yeah, yeah, and the defense gave up, you know, twenty points total on the road at right, Georgia. Yeah. That's that's a winnable I'm, game. I'm looking at it. It must, must have missed a go
1: ahead field goal because Blair Walsh made the game winner with no time left on the clock. So um, if I, I know Wendy missed a kick that was not a particularly difficult kick. Yeah, and, but it was in the rain. And and Wendick was just not a good kicker. I mean, it just wasn't. You know, uh, this was this was the really the beginning of the end of Thomas Weber as a, a top notch kicker. He went from great in 07, really good in 08, to he got injured this year, and, and he just never was the same after he after he got injured. Um, and and Wensick was just not up to the job. And then, from what I recall, AJ Green had a had a huge play to you know set up the game winning field goal. Uh, he was he was a sophomore that year. And that was not a very good Georgia team. They they were ranked at the time. I don't think they finished the year all that strong. It, this was post Matt Stafford, post NoShan Marino. Uh, you know they they had dropped off a fair amount, uh, but still it would have been a big win for us to pull off. We didn't do it, and then conference season was just basically a disaster outside of the, uh, a thrilling moment against Washington.
0: So we go. Uh... Get the Beavers next, again, down 14-3 at the end of the first, down 21-3 at halftime. We wind up losing that, 28-17. We take on the Cougars on the road. The Cougars did not win a conference game, so we beat them. Um, right. They were 1-11 that year. Yeah. And Washington was pretty bad, too, from what I recall. Well, Washington finished the year 4-5, and 5-7, and missed a okay. bowl game. But
1: they weren't as bad as I as I remember, that wasn't their particularly bottom out, bottoming out year. That was a little earlier, I guess, under Willingham,
0: it was uh, Steve Sartesian. But this game was the was the game uh, that you thought we could build momentum on. Danny Sullivan hail mary to Chris yeah. McGee to win the game with like five seconds left, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Chris McGee was wide open,
1: uncovered. Yeah, that was. the... That was the highlight of the year, no doubt. I mean, so I'm looking at that sports reference college football. Washington was actually ranked at the time of that game, it says. They were number 24 in the country.
0: Interesting. I did not know that. I did that.
1: not realize that.
0: But uh, they fell apart, too. They, but they were
1: 3-3 three and three at that time.
0: Wow. Not sure how they got ranked at that point of the season. But according to this, they were. But the, you know, that that was it. If we stop there, we're 4-2, it's a fine yeah. season. Oh, that was it. Yeah. Uh, that, was, that was it. And then some,
1: okay, never mind. They, this this page is wrong. They were not ranked 24 at the time. They were 24 three weeks earlier when, after they beat USC. Mm-hmm. Then they lost two games in a row. They were not ranked. So that is a that is a typo on this page. Uh, but, yeah, we, we got the 4-2. But, again, it was hugely uh, built on the, I mean, you know, Idaho State, Louisiana Monroe, Washington State for three of those wins. And then reality hit as we got into the second half of the schedule where we were, for the most part, non-competitive.
0: Yeah, so we uh, traveled to Stanford Stadium and are down 24 nothing at halftime. You, you, there's a theme of us, by the way, not scoring in the first quarter. Well, yeah, we were just,
1: we were really bad offense. I mean, so I know it's been a while since we talked about 08, but remember, 08's offense fell apart. We had a bunch of guys backs, you know, seniors. It's kind of like this basketball season in a way. Uh, you know, Rudy and Herring and Mike Jones, and they thought they were going to be great. They were not. And this offense kind of picked up right where that offense left off. It was not good. Yeah. Uh, part of this, is we when we finish our game by game, we've got to discuss the quarterbacks
0: this year because that was the story of the season, or at least one of the stories of the season. Uh, so we we get boat raced at Stanford. Cal comes that was in. Andrew Luck, right? First yeah. year Andrew Luck. Yes, and yeah. they were they put on a clinic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then Cal comes in and, you know, Javid best Marvin Jones Cal era. Yeah. You know, so that was a 2 point loss. I'm trying to remember that
1: game honestly.
0: We were down I'm looking at this. So looking at the uh, the recap, we were down 14 nothing at the end of one, yeah. down 17-14 at the half and then uh, Giorgio Tavecchio with three field oh, yeah. goals to late field goal.
1: I do remember that. Yep, yep, yep. That was yeah. Okay. Danny Sullivan was the starter. Sakachi threw one pass. That must have been on like a trick play formation or something. One touchdown pass on his only attempt.
0: Yeah. But
1: yeah, I do remember that game. It was it was surprisingly competitive because Cal I think was pretty good that year, from what I recall. Let's see, Cal. Cal went eight and five that year. Not great, but certainly
0: was better than us. Well, and this leads to your point of, you know, now we're, we start the quarterback shuffle. Yes. Um, Brock Osweiler. Start in USC. Yeah. Brock Osweiler plays 20 or throws 27 passes in the USC game. Yes. Everyone. Was, this was Danny started and got told, didn't he? Yeah. Everyone yeah. had been calling for Osweiler. Sullivan yes, started. 12 of 23 with two picks. And and we're getting you know not blown out cuz USC's not scoring with Barkley either. But the okay. offense
1: okay. I remember that this was at home. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But, but the right. offense was, was doing the uh the no the no motion, no scoring effort. Cameron yes. Cameron yeah. Marshall yeah. with average 2.6 a carry, Dimitri Nance average 2.6 a carry. Uh yep. we weren't I do doing anything. That because they, they got an interception return for a touchdown at the end
1: of the first half, and I think that was off of Danny. And then Brock came in after that and took us on a touchdown drive to get within, We was 14-3, we got within 14-9, apparently missed the PAT, it says, although I think we might have missed the two-point conversion now that I look back. Uh, I would hope we didn't go for a PAT, but who knows with Dennis back at that time. Uh, and then it had a few possessions. I remember the game, like, we got the ball several more times, and it just, we just couldn't get anything going offensively.
0: Yeah. But we we scored, whereas Danny gave up a pick six. Right. So then – And that was basically the difference in the game. Yeah. Well, and then we're traveling to Oregon, and this is Oregon on the rise, Oregon. Oh, yeah. Very good, Oregon. And, yeah. And Dennis says, oh, okay, you want Brock Osweiler – you can have Brock Osweiler, yeah. first career start yeah. at Oregon in the fall with loud Otts in mid-November and a late kick, and Oregon does Oregon things. LaMichael James, yeah. two touchdowns yeah. Yeah. before I mean, ASU it, gets on the board Did Oregon
1: all. went to the Rose Bowl?
0: Yes. Was it?
1: Okay. I mean, I knew they were pretty
0: good, yeah. This, this was, was the, the Masoli led Yep.
1: Jeremiah Mazzoli, yep, yep, yep. So... This was a good Oregon team, and, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we can discuss it more in depth at the end of this, but it, it certainly felt like this was, this was a less thorough rock to the Wolves, you know, and you, you see what you did. I also recall that Danny all of a sudden developed an injury. Um, you know, he hadn't been injured, and then it was, oh, he's injured. And that was their excuse
0: for putting him on the bench. Um, And then Sakachi came in in relief of Brock. Because if I remember right, didn't Brock have to leave the game? Didn't he get... Brock got injured. He did. Right.
1: Right. And then Sakachi got in and played okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, like, Sakachi was one of those guys who, I mean, he had the elbow surgery in high school. And I don't know if his arm was better before that, but it wasn't big league. enough. I mean, he he had some mobility, but he didn't have the arm. Well, and he he
0: was the guy... He was the first guy on the, you know, well, he, USC was interested, and we got right. him. So like, right, well. the USC commit,
1: yeah, yeah. And and it was like, oh, what a coup. We stole Samson, Takachi. Remember, this was, what was it, 07? We had a commitment from Nick Foles. Dennis gets hired, and we go get Takachi and Chase and Stengel, and Nick Foles ends up going to Michigan State, of course, then transfers to Arizona a year later. And that was... Uh, you know, if not, I mean, it wasn't the only reason that Dennis failed, but certainly that mis-evaluation of quarterback played a big part in Dennis's failure.
0: Yeah. So, Sikachi gets the whole UCLA game. We lose 23-13. We, he was we, okay in that game, from what he, I recall, but just not, not anything special. So, we are full ineligible taking on... A very bowl-eligible Arizona team, right? And it's at and Sun Devil Stadium. Extremely tough. Yeah. Well, we're down fourteen, nothing at the half, and then outscored him seventeen-six in the back Danny half.
1: Comes in. That was that was like Danny's rit- moment. He didn't have very many moments. He had the touchdown pass against Washington, and that second half, he got in. The coach was doing nothing. We were down fourteen-three at the end of three, and he comes in and throws two touchdowns. Uh, you know, one to tie the game with like two minutes to go. We get the defensive stop and Kyle Williams must the punt return. Mm-hmm. We were going to get the ball. And I mean, it's one of those that like we'll never know. But I will go to my grave saying yeah, that was Danny's moment. He was going to take us down and we were going to score and win the game. And then we,
0: he never got back on the field. Yeah. The, uh, the 30,000 foot view. Of the team, Danny, ten TDs, nine picks, and three hundred and twelve attempts. Brock, fifty-five attempts, two picks, two touchdowns. Sakachi, fifty attempts, four TDs and a pick. Yeah. And yeah. and the running game, something that that I think we, I glossed over. I shouldn't say we. It's my fault. Is the uh, the disappearance of Cam Marshall because he got hurt. And right. Nance had to take right. over. You know, it became Nance led the team with 188 carries, right. 795 right. yards. I Marshall was the Liz Frank injury, right? Or no, that was I Terrain. Believe so. Am yeah. I confusing him yeah. with Terrain?
1: Well, Terrain had it. So Marshall's career, I got to look him up. What I get, I get confused on the year. Okay, so that was his freshman year. He had so
0: that '09 was his freshman year. I guess he appeared in eleven of the games.
1: Appeared in eleven games, so it might have been it might have been another year he got hurt. I think he was kind of like. Oh,
0: well, it was, was his senior year. His senior year, he got hurt.
1: His senior year, yeah. Nance was the guy that year because it was it had kind of been Herring and Nance the year before. When mm-hmm. Herring graduated; he was out, and Nance was the guy. And we had Marshall and Ryan Bass. You see, the third mm-hmm. third leading wrestler was the famous Ryan Bass, who was supposed to be an all world recruit. Oh man, you know you're just not going
0: to believe how good this kid is, and a classic example of why you should just wait and see how a player is because he never came anywhere close to living up to expectations. Well, that I mean you can go up and down the the team offensively. Yeah. 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 I looking at the offensive weapons this year, Jamal Miles was on this team. Yeah. And uh, Jarrell Robinson and Terry Taylor.
1: You he finally found his stride, you know, like last year when Graham was there.
0: Uh, you had Kyle Williams, who yeah. was a senior. Chris McKay, hey, I think, was also a senior that year. Yeah. And then you had Jarrell yeah. Robinson and Kerry Taylor. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, Jarrell was another guy who was late developing. He was a, a big-time recruit who, you know, his last year, which I think was 2011. Yep, I'm looking uh, at it. He, he came into his own, and, and you know, got a got a, a brief little NFL run out of it with the Broncos for a little bit,
0: from what I recall. He had a uh, he had yeah, a up over
1: until 2011. He was rather underwhelming.
0: He had uh, 26 yards, 261 yards, 387 yards, and then 1397 yards and seven 11, touchdowns. Yeah, on 77,
1: catch and In 2011, he was good, and you know that offense did get better in 2011. We'll we'll get there. Obviously you know um, the, the, you know the team fell apart in the second half of 2011, but it was an explosive offense with Brock. Um, but yeah, this year was this year was rough and you know I think the, when you talk to the quarterbacks for me and I know this sounds like you know tin foil hat guy, but I don't really think it is. remember Stephen three was waiting his year as a transfer and that was like a big coup for Dennis to get Stephen freak from Michigan. And, I, you know, just as I said, I will always believe Danny was going to come in and lead that win if he got the ball back. I believe Dennis promised Stephen three the job in 2010 and did not want to do anything that could have sabotaged that, which meant playing Brock too much and letting Brock get super comfortable potentially would
0: have sabotaged that. Yeah, well, and as we found out the next year, Brock was the right guy.
1: He was. He played well at the end when three got hurt. And, you I know, mean, three was, you know, And and the same for Danny. I mean, like, that was the years I was working for the team. And so, you know, I'm not going to sit here and be like Mike Wilbon and act like I was friends with these guys. But, you know, I got to know him a little bit. I talked to him. And, uh, you know, Danny was a really nice guy. Like, he's a guy that I always feel bad bashing because he's just a nice guy. But he just wasn't good enough to play quarterback at at Pac-10 levels. And Dreet was probably good enough, but... One, he had a huge turnover problem, and then the concussion problem. And, it, you know, it, it, his career was basically submarine at that point with those. But, uh, you know, it just we just didn't have good enough quarterback play under Dennis. Uh, now some of that was bad offensive line play, bad offensive coaching. Uh, you know, there was a litany of problems. But this year really exemplified it. Like, the Kachis numbers aren't bad. I mean, if you look at, you know, 64%. Passer, four touchdowns, one pick. I Man, look at that! You think, well, he should have been starting all year.
0: But but when you watch didn't... the games, exactly,
1: exactly, he had no, he couldn't get the ball down the field at all. He had no zip on the ball. Um, you know, he was he was uh, a guy who maybe could have been useful as a gimmick guy. You know, let him run a little bit. But he was also very slight, so I don't know that he could have been a, a you know a big time runner because he probably would have got hurt.
0: Um, one thing that should not be overlooked: the defense was actually okay. This, yeah. This yeah. was senior Mike Nixon. Yep. And freshman Vontez perfect Freshman Vontez, yeah. Which was also best Vontez.
1: Oh, I mean the game at Georgia was one of those. I, you know, we've we've looked back at Vontez's career a few times and. That. The problem is there's only a handful of games that you look back and think, like, wow, he was the best player on the field. The game at Georgia was one. I remember that thinking, oh, my gosh, this guy's going to be something. And it just never really happens. Uh, but, yeah, he he had his moments. And, and, you know, yeah, you're right. The defense wasn't bad. Now, 08, 09 are one of those where I kind of think, like, did our defense look better simply because other teams knew they are offensively incompetent, so we don't need to take many chances against them. Maybe we can play it safe. We can punt. We can, you know, run on third and long because hey, we're going to send our defense out there against their lame offense, and we'll get the ball
0: back. Yeah, and, and maybe. Um, and I, I
1: think there's something to that. Uh, you know, they were. I'm not saying they were terrible, or, you know, but I, I, I do think when you have a really bad offense, opponents then sort of, you know, the way they play is a little different. You're you're playing a little bit more close to the best because you don't need to push it.
0: Yeah, but but this team did have perfect Brandon McGee, Lawrence Guy. Um, you know, guys yeah. who got
1: it was a solid. It was a solid group on defense. You're right. I mean, you know, Will Sutton. I think mm-hmm. that was that his freshman year.
0: Yeah, he had a sack that year.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there was the there was talent. I mean, Nixon Nixon was a a classic good college player. You know, he wasn't gonna play in the NFL, but he was the guy you wanted on your side in, in college football. Um, you know Well he was perfect.
0: the he was Laiumokiola before Laiu Mochiola. Yes. When he was on exactly. the field, you were exactly. like, Okay, well the defense gets it and when he's not on the field it's like, Oh well, we're we're lost. We're in trouble.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. He was a you know, a good leader, kinda kept everybody in line. I mean, yeah, that was a good linebacking group that year. You look at it, you're right. You're right. You're perfect. Gatehold, Nixon. Gerald Buns, Brandon McGee, Shelly Lyons. Like, there was plenty of talent at linebacker. Extra Davis,
0: defensive end. You had, I was going to say, you know, had I mean, Davis, Guy, yeah, um, yeah. James Solid Brooks. Group, James Brooks had three and a half sacks that year. Yeah. Not yeah, his yeah, best moment as an ASU player. I was going to say, we're, we're a
1: season away from James Brooks' uh, ASU highlight. But, uh, but, yeah, yeah, I mean, it was uh, – it's just a just a frustrating year, uh, but ultimately, you know, we've, we've done some of these seasons that it's like, oh, that team, they should have had a better record. 2005 is one we've talked about. Like, that team was was just better than 7-5. This team probably was about right in 4-8. These eight. weren't very good. Like, the, the defensive talent but of the offense was a mess. And, and uh, you know, the Pac-10 was solid at that point. I mean, it wasn't a bad conference. USC was still good. Oregon obviously
0: was good. Uh, Cal was good. Stanford was on the rise, and, and you know they exposed our flaws. Yeah, and, and part of this, you know, the the harder games were on the back half of the schedule. But there's no there's no real way to shake out the fact that we were four and eight, and right. we we beat yeah. we beat three very bad teams and, and one yeah. under yeah. five hundred team. Yeah. I mean, it was it was
1: a bad year. It was, uh, you know, I, bottoming out of the Dennis Erickson years probably was the last month of 2011 because of the collapse. But this was the worst year. This was the worst team. I mean, uh, you know, a 10. We'll talk about that, you know, soon. That was just a bad luck year. We lost the games in fluky fashion. You know, the bizarre year, and then 11. You know, we started
0: six and two and then just fell apart. That was a pretty good team that collapsed. This was just not a good team. Yeah. Well, we'll have plenty of time to walk through other teams that broke our hearts in various different ways, but <laughs> <laughs> Yes indeed. Yes indeed. Yeah. This
1: this one this one wasn't probably a heartbreaker. I, I remember this season being like, Yeah, we're probably not gonna be very good and we weren't.
0: Yeah. it, it met expectations. It's. It was one of those seasons as a sports fan that it's not nice, but it's not gut-wrenching. It's be- not devastating, no. Be- because no. it's like you, we, there wasn't like you could point to one moment and be like, oh, if we would have gotten that Georgia game, it's like we still would have missed the bowl. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. If we would have gotten
1: the Georgia game, maybe we win another another game or so. I don't know. Who knows? You know, maybe confidence or something. But, yeah, it wasn't like, oh, if we'd have gotten that Georgia game, we could have gone on a run and won the Pac-10.
0: No. Yeah. You didn't have the guns to do that. You, you don't have the Oregon State game, where it's like, really? This is this is how the wheels are going to fall off? Exactly.
1: Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was, this was just not a very good team. It was, uh, you know, it was a sign that things, I mean, of course, the the pivotal point, I think we talked about it four months ago when we talked about 08, was that, that UNLV loss. There's, there's never a bigger turning point in a coach's history, I think, here, at least of the coaches we've dealt with at UNLV in 2008. And 09 was just a continuation
0: of the back block. Yeah. Well, we'll improve slightly when we start talking about 2010. Yeah, 2010 will be a fun one because we had entertaining games
1: that year, if nothing else. It was a bizarre year, I, I think, right away of Wisconsin, USC, and Arizona. And the, the bizarre breaks that happened in those three games, one for us, two against us. So it was, it was at least more entertaining than
0: 2009. Yeah. We'll be back to talk about it. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.